welcome to Walking in Victory. This is your host, Sean Moreno. Walking in Victory is a show where I like to have guests come on and share their testimony, as well as having a conversation with them. On days like today, where I don't have a guest, you have yours truly. And today is going to be a hard episode for me just to talk about, just because it's so vulnerable. But I feel like the Lord definitely wanted me to talk about this because it's going to help a lot of people, uh, whoever listens to this. And it's definitely been a journey for me the past few months. So basically what I've been doing the past few months is I have been taking a course and I've read a book and the book's called Unwanted and how basically how our unwanted sexual behavior, uh, where it comes from and how to get to the root of it. And I read this book a couple months ago, actually, and it's one of those books that you read that's like definitely a life changer. Um, And it's cool to run across those books. And so through the book, there actually is a course and it's about three or four months. And the guy who teaches the course and the guy who wrote the book is a Christian psychologist. So he definitely knows what he's talking about. Um, He's a professional and has counseled thousands of people uh, in their freedom to finding freedom and purity and uh, understanding the root cause. And so basically what I've been learning is one of the big takeaways, at least for me, is instead of trying to fight uh, impurity, trying to fight your thoughts in your mind, rather than resisting and suppressing, a lot of what we can do instead is actually interrogate our thoughts. And something he talks about in the book is basically like, say your mind is a house and thoughts are people trying to knock on the door and trying to come in. And so what we do with our thoughts sometimes is we we open up the door and we let them in and maybe, you know, the thought gets into the living room and maybe it gets the, the couch dirty with the his shoes and then, then we, we tell him to leave and he leaves. But um, since we already let him in the first time, he feels a little bit more comfortable and he comes back in and uh, then he goes up to the bathroom and then he goes into your bedroom and then before you know it, you have a a full-time squatter basically living in your house. Uh, And that's how it works with lust, and that's how it works with our thoughts. And so what what Jay talks about in the book basically is instead of to uh, let the thoughts come into your house and ransack the house and live there, why don't you instead meet your thoughts out on the front porch and have a conversation with them? And so just that concept alone has been really insightful for me because a lot of the times, you know, as Christians, we're like, oh, here's a thought in my mind. Um, I just need to suppress, suppress, suppress. And what usually happens is like we say to ourselves, if I told you, hey, don't think of a pink elephant, don't think of a pink elephant, really, really don't think of a pink elephant, what are you going to do? You're going to think about a pink elephant. And so, but instead you have to just interrogate and say, where did you come from? 
And a lot of that is investigating your past, which has been pretty wild for me as well, thinking about um, the past that I've gone through as far as uh, my sexual past. And, you know, growing up, um, even being exposed to pornography at like, I want to say nine or 10 years old, um, it's definitely been a journey uh, because when you're exposed that young, you definitely have some patterns and thoughts ingrained into your, your lifestyle and behavior. And so being exposed that early, um, there was a chapter in the book talking about uh, sexual abuse even, and which is a heavy topic, I understand. But sometimes we, we ignore the fact that even being exposed to pornography is, like we say, that's not a sexual abuse. Usually we think of something like uh, someone in a white van, you know, kidnapping a kid or um, taking advantage of somebody else, basically. But just the fact of being exposed, like, um, just like my dad's stash of, of pornography, um, being in a spot where it's accessible, maybe not necessarily out in the open, but accessible, uh, was a form of abuse in a passive type of way. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, just having that out and available for, you know, kids, how kids are, they like to explore and they're curious and eventually they're going to run into something like that. So just trying to wrap my mind about that situation as well. And uh, some of the things that happened to me as a kid, uh, not necessarily anything major, but at the same time, it's uh, the category of abuse, you know, when someone is exposing you or um, trying to um, basically just trying to groom you in some type of way, it's a form of abuse. It was something to think about that almost I forgot about even, and I won't really get into the details of that, but um, just knowing that that happened and instead of putting it under the carpet, talking about it and typing things out and my journal has been really insightful uh, a lot of no, another thing that is really uh, eye-opening too that I learned as far as getting to the root of your unwanted sexual behavior is your family and going through your family systems and um, thinking about how you were raised and thinking about if you were under a strict household I know for me like uh, my dad was pretty chill, um, but my mom was the one who was definitely the rule enforcer. And so I always felt like I had to hide something. Um, I remember like I wasn't allowed to play, you know, rated M games or watch rated R movies. And rightfully so, you know, even if I was like 13, 14 years old. But I guess there wasn't a conversation about why. It was more of like because I said so. And so as a kid, you know, when you get told that, it only makes you want to do it even more. And so I felt like growing up a lot, I had to hide. Uh, I remember being a freshman in high school and having a girl over. And it was like for the first time I had a girl over to the house because I was always just kind of iffy about my mom being around and my parents being around in general. And so I had this girl over as a freshman. Uh, I remember 
being in my room with her and, and trying to close the door, or at least having it 90% shut. And my mom kept coming in and she kept opening the door and saying, you need to keep the door open. And I kept closing it. And eventually uh, she kicked the door open like really hard and was like, keep it open. And I, I, I still remember that, you know, I still remember being so embarrassed and just I almost forgot about that whole situation. But I think, to be honest with you, that scarred me a little bit of like, wow, I can't have a girlfriend over. I can't really tell my mom that I have a girlfriend if this is going to be what's going on. And like I say, I understand my mom and why she would want to keep the door open. But once again, there wasn't a conversation about why and uh, in detail. It was still basically like, hey, this is what I'm I'm the boss, you know, I'm the, I'm your mom. You're going to listen to me and no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. So, um, stuff like that happened. And I think part of that, even just that experience, um, my whole high school time I was in high school, I, I was trying to be secretive and learning about how, um, even pornography gives you a sense of power and control. And I think, um, that's what it did for me growing up as well, just feeling like something I had control of, um, something that I could get away with as well, and something that was giving me pleasure. And so um, throughout my adolescent life and even into young adulthood, you know, pornography was a massive part of my lifestyle. And I would definitely deny that back then, like, oh, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, I would even say I don't even watch it. Maybe every once in a while, you know, I'll watch it. But um, it was funny because I was so ashamed of that back then. And I knew my friends were doing it and they would even talk about it sometimes. But even though they would talk about it and they said they would do it, I still was ashamed that to admit that. And so I was living with a lot of shame um, throughout my whole life as far as, especially with the sec- my sexuality. And so um, growing up and then finally, you know, getting out of the house, um, trying to find my own way and my own um, sexuality, I guess, away from my family, it was destructive at, uh, at the least, um, especially with the girl that I was with for, for years, um, during my college years, it was all looking back now, I see it, you know, I see that it was very secretive that, um, I hid that relationship from my mom for years. Uh, well, maybe a year and a half. Uh, and then I kind of introduced her to her, but even that was difficult. But I just remember, um, I had to live life as a secret, especially when it comes to the intimate parts of my life. Um, and that, is basically like living in shame. And I could even just like hear myself talk now and and process, see how that's processed in my mind over the past few months since doing this course and and reading the book. And it's, it's been really healing and insightful just to know the source of everything and why I went through what I went through and why I did what I did because you can see the domino effect as a young age, you know, starting from a young age watching porn and growing up and trying to hide your relationships from your parents. 
Um, I, I really think that's a, a big problem and why I had a hard time finding a girlfriend or even wanting a girlfriend um, for a long time because uh, I felt like I couldn't talk about it. And even if I did, it would be like my mom would be kind of in my business about it too. So, yeah, so moving on even further, um, I think this is probably the most insightful thing that I learned. And this is pretty deep, but I definitely challenge, like, especially the guys listening to this, to give this a try because um, it's very, very uncomfortable. And therefore, um, if it's very uncomfortable, it's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> but what part of the book is basically um, kind of what I said earlier is interrogating your thoughts. But more than that, interrogating your fantasies even. And so what I have to do on a weekly basis during this course is um, talk with a close friend about um, each chapter uh, and have questions that I've answered and tell my partner or my accountability partner basically my answers to the, the tough questions that they ask. And so one of the weeks uh, was probably two or three weeks ago where Basically, uh, I had to write out my fantasies, about two or three different fantasies in detail, uh, write them out, and then uh, talk about it to my accountability partner. And not only that, um, he goes as far as to say, whatever you type in the search bar of the porn sites, um, you need to talk about those things as well. Like we're talking about the search bar of what you type in. So this is very like very, very deep and it's definitely ex exposes you big time. And, you know, I'm not even going to mention those in detail on here, but um, I definitely talked about those things with my accountability partner. And to be honest with you, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I've never done that before. And, I told uh, my accountability partner when I was finished, I said, uh, you know what it felt like to do that? It felt like I basically uh, took my clothes off in front of him, you know, and just like said, hey, hey here's everything, uh, because that's basically what I did. I, I exposed the deepest secrets of my heart and my thoughts uh, to my accountability partner, and I'm so thankful that he met that with grace and love and acceptance. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was very difficult. And so, but the crazy thing about that is that I, I did that and it felt like when I was finished, it felt like there was a weight off of me, you know, like I even texted him like at the end of the week saying, I really feel like the power of sin has been destroyed in my life. And it definitely, uh, I mean, Jesus definitely had victory and he, he has the victory, but uh, he showed me what victory is like. And, and that's exposing your shame uh, to the deepest parts of yourself to other people. And the beauty of it is that Jesus knows about all those deepest parts of you uh, down to the details and I think knowing that fact made it a little bit easier to talk about with my friend 
Because if God knows everything, yet he still loves me, uh, yet he still actually comes in the midst of my shame and says, I've taken away, I've taken it away from you on the cross. Uh, all the shame that you have experienced and are afraid to talk about, I was openly shamed for you on the cross. I was naked and exposed on the cross and took that punishment. And therefore, you have freedom from those thoughts and freedom from shame. And that's the beauty of our God is that he's not so far away. He, it's not like he doesn't know what it feels like to have, to be shamed and to be naked and to be exposed and to be human. And it's really just powerful. Just the, the last few months that I've been able to do this program and uh, really basically what I'm trying to do is take advantage of my singleness and find healing uh, during this time. And the really cool thing is that uh, since I've been doing this over the past few months and just basically trying to take my life seriously uh, and take my faith seriously, I have found healing and I've been able to be a lot more vulnerable with women. And it's been amazing. You know, six months ago, I wasn't really dating around at all or talking to girls or um, even having a surface level relationship with them. And over the past couple of months, I've, I feel like those that's changed. You know, I've been able to uh, date and date in a healthy way and um, be able to even feel more secure and confident in who I am on those dates uh, because I've already I've already gone through the the tough work of exposing my shame and uh, talking about those things of talking about relationships in the deepest parts of my heart to uh, my friends uh, who's been my accountability partners that it's been easier to to open up to to women and even just people in general um, I'll say this too that a big part of that and I could say this too, six months ago, I wasn't doing this at all. And I would be, I would tell you that I wouldn't even want to do this six months ago, but uh, people that know me know I've been dancing a lot <laughs> and that I've been learning uh, salsa and bachata dance since May. And I really fell in love with it. Um, after the first couple times I tried it, it, it caused me and it forced me to be vulnerable with women to actually have to hold their hand or, or touch them or, or a lot of it really is being able to communicate clearly with them because in dance, you know, you're not, you're not really talking while you're dancing unless you're just having a conversation, but I'm out over here saying, Hey, I'm going to spin you this direction and then we're going to change places here. And then I'm going to spin. It's all um, body language. It's all communicating through the body and through cues and, it, it forces you to be a good leader as well and to be a clear communicator and to be vulnerable, all those three things. And when I first started, I was very, um, I can't say super nervous just because I do enjoy dancing. I, something I used to love to do when I was in middle school was dance. <laughs> I used to love to go to the YMCA's and like you know, hip dance the hip hop and like pop block it and all those things. And uh, I love doing that. And I love going to prom even um, in high school too. So I've always been like someone who loves to dance and express themselves that way. But 
I've, I haven't done it for really years, to be honest with you. It's almost like I, I lost that first love of uh, dancing by expressing myself in a creative way. And then, so picking up salsa, like back in May has been, um, such a blessing to be honest with you, uh, because I've, I've grown so much. I've learned how to lead well. I've learned how to, um, use my body in and move my bodies in ways that I haven't used it before and moved it before. And I've been able to, um, just build relationships that way too. And it's been so fun just to learn and it's challenging as well. And what I'm trying to say basically is there's been a lot of healing, uh, even in dance. And I've been explaining it like this to people too. There's a beauty in dance. There is something beautiful about, uh, just a man being able to lead well and a woman being able to follow well, because that's how it works in dances. Uh, the men lead and the women follow. And both people have to stay in their role really well because as a leader, um, if I don't lead well, uh, there's not going to be a beauty to the dance. There's there's going to be confusion and discord. And as the follower, you know, if she is trying to churn herself or if she's trying to anticipate what you're going to do and and do something before you actually cure to do it. Uh, there's also going to be discord, and um, could, you could even fall, you know, if you if you really mess up. And so, uh, there's something beautiful about the man being able to lead well and the woman being able to follow well. And whenever you see that happen, you see a really good leader and follower dance together. You see this harmony, and everything just flows, and it's uh, it's a beautiful sight, and. To me, it's just like, I see, I even see the gospel in it, you know, of like Christ and the church dancing together in harmony, you know, and, and life is a harmony. Um, there's harmony in music as well. So you have the harmony of the music that you're dancing to and the harmony of the dance that you are dancing together with. And so I'm excited to keep learning how to do more moves and how to dance better. And it's been such a a beautiful time of healing for me in my life. And uh, I know that uh, I said a lot of different things there. I, I got a little deep, but um, I just want to share that with you guys because I believe that if you were to, you know, take your purity seriously, if you were to take your faith seriously and you were to, you know, take the course, I, honestly, I'm going to, I want to put it in the show links uh, because it's very good. But if you were to take this course or if you were to read this book and you were to actually follow the steps, step by step, and take it seriously, you're going to see the results. You're going to see freedom in your life. You're going to see healing and you're going to see um, a flourishing of your relationships. And uh, I think as human beings, you know, we all desire intimacy. And, you know, we look for it and in sex and we look for it in uh, people even and you know in marriage and in a healthy relationship that is a good thing but ultimately my prayer that's been for for me and for people who you know are single and may be frustrated with that uh, my prayer for you is that you would find intimacy in Jesus and to realize that um, Jesus knows the deepest 
secrets of your heart, the things that you're most shameful of, and yet he still desires to want to have a relationship with you. And that's just the beautiful thing. Jesus doesn't um, love you because of what you can do or how good you are or how good or clean your record is. He loves you because he's chosen you before the foundation of the world. And he shows how much he loves us by coming in the form of a man and uh, living a, a sinful, sinless life, sorry, and um, taking our punishment uh, on the cross for us. And on top of that, giving us his righteousness and his Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, to uh, give us healing uh, in our mind, in our body, in our spirit. And he just wants to restore everything in your life. He wants to restore everything in your life. He wants to restore um, your family. He wants to restore the world and heaven. And he's going to do it all one day. God is going to restore absolutely everything one day. And the healing that I've been going through over the past couple months is just a taste of what he's really going to do when it's all said and done. And to me, that gives me joy and hope and peace. And so um, even if I still struggle uh, with impure thoughts or actions, um, I know that doesn't define me. I know that um, God sees me as pure. And once you realize that's your identity, you'll start to act that way. You'll start to think that way. And just really encouraged that you would take daily time for um, just uninterrupted time with Christ. I learned that UTC, uninterrupted time with Christ. Um, And in that uninterrupted time on a daily basis, uh, you come to him with all of your thoughts, your worries. You come to him with prayers for other people. And there's going to be healing that's going to go on each and every day. You know, we, we want to dissociate from the world sometimes by getting on you know social media and just maybe binging on YouTube a lot or, or whatever that may be. And I'm guilty of those things. But uh, I learned that um, the more that we can actually stay present and sit with our thoughts and interrogate our thoughts, uh, that's when we can find that true healing. And so I hope that this uh, episode's been a blessing for you. Um, I hope that, yeah, there's going to be healing going on in your life. And to be honest with you, I just want to pray for you, actually, as I close out this episode. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, just for who you are. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, that it is a free gift, God, to receive your Holy Spirit. All that you ask of us is that we would just repent and trust in you, and that we would ask for it, Lord. We would ask for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and just to uh, take over every area of our heart, Lord, that uh, in that we would be able to be bold for your kingdom and uh, share the gospel with people and Uh, Just show the love of of you to the people around us, God. You loved us even while we were still sinners, and um, you tell us to even love our enemies, Lord. And so I just pray that whoever's listening to this podcast would find that healing, God, that they would find freedom in their 
purity, Lord, in, in their sexuality, that uh, you invented sex, Lord. It's not a bad thing. It is a good thing. It is what we do with it is what matters, Lord. And I just pray that, um, yeah, people would hear this and be inspired and be changed, Lord, that you would go in their lives and and open up doors to find healing in their lives too, God. I'm so thankful for just your spirit and, excuse me, your ability just to help me speak in truth of what I've been going through. And I just pray that, um, yeah, healing would be going on, Lord God. Uh, We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you um, just supporting I've been trying to be, you know, consistent with my once a month podcast and uh, I look forward to having some guests on too. So this is more of a chill episode for just me. Maybe not the topic's very chill, but uh, I'm just here in my room and with the lights low and laid back. So um feel pretty chill just talking to you guys and, and thankful for um, everyone who's listening. So hope you have a wonderful day and thanks for listening. And if you feel kind enough, please leave a rating and review. It'd be very appreciated. Okay, thank you. Now you can have a good day. <laughs>